and welcome to It's a Gundam Presents Clips Show Hell. My name is Jeremy. I'm someone's pocket protector. I'm a Tyler. I'm awake. Uh, my name is Zach. This is the podcast where, before we get on to Gundam Double O, we are going to watch three clip episodes because Gundam Sea Destiny had three clip episodes. It See? It's like poetry. It rhymes. Yeah. I got to pick first. So today we are watching Interdimensional Space Fortress Macross Episode 17, Phantasm. Oh boy, was this a trip. Yeah, I chose this for a bunch of specific reasons, but before I get into that, I wanted to ask what you guys thought about it completely without context before I go into some. It almost makes me want to watch the rest of the show. I have so many questions about the setting of this show that this did not answer at all. Also, not a very traditional clip episode, did not really recap anything. It was just like a fever dream recollection of everything that's happened so far. It did not make me want to go watch the rest of it, and I ended up spending most of it in a barely simmering rage. <laughs> Why were okay, you mad wow. now? <laughs> I hate, hate, hate these mech designs. And it's probably because of the fact that I don't know the characters. So they're going into like, yeah, character stuff, and I'm like, I don't know who you are, and I don't really give a shit. Give me some context. Yeah, I will say, before I picked this episode, I thought there was more context to this. That there's not, I found it to be a delightful treat, because bringing it on you guys without context was some of the fun. I kind of loved that there wasn't context, actually. <laughs> the reason I chose this is I wanted to examine a clip episode that tries to do something other than just be a, hey guys, remember the time all the events of the plot happened? With its clip. Macross is a very interesting series, and when I talk about it, I mean specifically the original interdimensional Space Fortress Macross. It's the only one I've seen. I'm not an expert on Macross. But I have seen this entire series. It's got weird production and tone problems not as bad as destiny but it's very clear at the start it was basically supposed to be a parody of things like mobile suit gundam and then you know it became serious it's just instead of you know instead of a battleship it's a it's a space aircraft carrier that makes sense right (laughs) and so it'll have planes that launch and then they transform into mechs to sell toys and the early episodes especially like the plot is not supposed to be serious at all the plot is basically a for electric the context for this the Macross is a aircraft carrier that was built on top of a crashed alien aircraft carrier because it had technology they didn't understand. They're like, well, aliens are going to come fuck us up. We better have a ship that can fight them. So they accidentally hit the teleport us and everything nearby us to Pluto button. Okay. That's okay. an interesting button to have. Well, they didn't know they had it, to be fair, because they didn't build this. Again, weird tone stuff. So they had to quickly take in the entire town around them before the atmosphere was lost. And so they have a town of refugees on the ship that just like live in a town that they've they like rebuilt their town on the ship. So they have a civilian town on it. I was they're trying to get back that. to Earth while fighting the aliens. And uh, it's about two episodes later they said this is a serious mecha tr- uh, show about a love triangle. <laughs> <laughs> also, why are the aliens just giant humans? Is uh, and that we don't actually actually know that at this point, but that actually does come up eventually. Huh. interesting. As, well, because, uh, okay, so one of the last things that I made a joke about is that they called them the, uh, I already forgot. Protoculture? Yeah, thank you, protoculture, uh, which implies that regular humans might have been the ancestors of these giant humans? Uh, this is spoilers for the series, and, like, there's never a super definitive answer, but what they eventually find out is that, like, some sort of, like, Prothean, like, overlord race, or, like, precursor race, created both humans and these creatures. They created these creatures purely for war, and so they don't have any sort of culture or music. And so when they're exposed to it, they have weird reactions. Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) 
Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I kind of like the premise. Yeah, and that's how you get the pop idol to be an important character. Is like a bunch of people like on that in the aliens are getting obsessed with human music and illegally importing it behind <laughs> the backs of the commanders. But it, it's like <laughs> bad for morale because they're like, man, what if we just like made out and listened to music instead of fighting a war against these little dudes? <laughs> <laughs> but also, Macross had weird financing problems. It was supposed to be a 50 episode series. One of the main sponsors backed out. So they closed down to a 26-episode series, and we're having funding problems. Episode 15 was a clip episode. It's a very traditional clip episode. It is the captain giving his captain's log report, where he just reports everything that has happened. It is the super typical recap episode. And two episodes later, they ran into a funding problem and had to do another clip episode. So instead of just doing another boring bullshit recap episode like they this just did, they pieced together this acid trip dream sequence. And I love <laughs> it. It's, it's also, if you do have context, it's a ton of foreshadowing and like inner character development of the main character that he's not aware of. But with dramatic irony, we can see what's going on. Without context, you don't get any of that. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, it was just a weird fever dream, but I kind of enjoyed the ride, so... Yeah, that's what I expected of you. I didn't say... I did expect Zach to be upset at the mecha designs, but I didn't <laughs> expect that to be his overwhelming takeaway. Really? Really. Yeah, I didn't ex- I didn't expect that to be your only takeaway. I, I, I start at a... I already start at a level of detestation for this series. I watched those, I'm like, oh, I bet Zach's gonna hate them. And then the more I watch them, I'm like... No, Zach may actually like these. Clearly, I was wrong, but... I mean, Mech Warrior owes a lot to these designs. And they suck. Yeah, no, and that's why I thought you might like them, because I'm like, okay, they're bipedal. They actually seem practical, except for the fact that they're transforming. It's a stinger. Yeah, so long story short, uh, Battletech thought they had the rights to use all these mechs. Or a lot of these mechs, yeah. So a lot of them appear, they're the unseens, is what they're called. For a long time, they weren't allowed to be used in anything because Harmony Gold was basically acting as a trademark snipes. Yeah, and it's hard to talk about Macross without talking about Robotech. I will, I think, only bring up Robotech once because I'm too young for Robotech. If I was a little older, I would probably love Robotech, but I'm not. So mostly I don't care about Robotech. And Zach shakes his fist at me like an old man telling me to get <laughs> off his lawn yelling at Harmony Gold at me about twice a year. And that's my interaction <laughs> with Robotech. And then I watched Macross because I was like, man, I wonder if that's any good. People say it's okay. And yeah, I enjoy it quite a bit. They're actually releasing a collector's edition of Robotech fairly soon. Yeah, but I'm not interested in Robotech. I'm interested in Macross. And I've seen I'm it. actually not really interested. I, I know there's some later Macross stuff that comes out. Obviously, later in time. I'm not very familiar with it. I've run into clips of it on YouTube. So the context for this episode is the main character who got... I should have written down everybody's names so I would uh, remember. I remember Roy Fokker. <laughs> he does not appear in this. Oh, like, he does. But his name is not mentioned in this episode. I- Ichiro, maybe? I, I think it's it starts with an H. So... Anyway, I guess I should also say the other reason I wanted to do Macross is that I think Gundam Seed owes a lot to Macross in some ways. I think a bunch of the pop idol Lacus Klein stuff, it comes from the fandom that the director had for Macross. Mula Flogget is basically just Roy Fokker plucked right out of this series and put right into Gundam Seed, but they let him live an extra 10 episodes in Gundam Seed. <laughs> also, I think Roy Fokker is like, a little more risque. He owns more porno mags than Mulaflan. <laughs> and smokes more cigarettes. But part of that is he's from the 80s, so. I could see Moo having a lot of porno mags. It's just they weren't on his fighter and his ship blowed up <laughs> with all of his mags on it. Okay, but he didn't make acquiring more a priority the way Roy Fokker would. Okay. <laughs> yeah, th- there was a certain class of people 
who lived through the 70s and 80s who owned entire trunks worth of Playboys. I know this because I'm now related to them by marriage. And sometimes <laughs> they needed to get rid of them, so they just left them in the forest and then teenagers found them. That's what happens when you collect every monthly issue for like 14 years. The yeah. forest is the only option. The forest is the only option. You have to return it to once it came. <laughs> yep, ashes to ashes, uh, fap to fap, I guess. So. <laughs> so this is, like I said, a super, I think, genius use of clips to create this character's dream sequence where where he is in the story is that he is now a wing commander and he does not think he deserves it. Because he's basically become a wing commander by surviving a number of missions, and there's nobody with more experience than him. He's been shot down like three times, but any crash you can walk away from. Unfortunately, in his mind, I've been shot down three times, which I think is super clear in this episode, where he has a dream about everyone making fun of him for all the times he gets shot down. Any landing you can walk away from is a good landing. Yeah, exactly. Which is what his superior tells him, but he's like, like I have people I'm responsible for. Uh, for. I'm a shonen anime kid. I shouldn't have responsibilities. <laughs> Especially when one of his uh, pilots under him is like a uh, super skilled, like he should be the protagonist. He's just super good at it, which we see in this a bit. He's also in this weird sort of love triangle where he met a girl. He saved her life. They got trapped in the ship when it got teleported under decks. They thought they were going to die of starvation. They agreed to have like a faux marriage before they die, right before they were rescued. And then he immediately enlisted in the military, and she got picked to be the idol of the town that was built on the ship. So whenever they like have free time, whenever he's off from the military, she's busy with concert stuff. Whenever she's having a concert, he can't go because he's in the military. Her cousin is weirdly into her and is controlling of her and is a straw man pacifist who hates all soldiers and think they all suck. And we shouldn't even have soldiers to fight these giant aliens, you know, like pacifists think. <laughs> so he also keeps him from seeing her. And he's slowly growing this relationship with his sort of deployer slash XO. But they're both very sundary about it and neither of them will admit it. Giant monsters uh, kidnapped them and made them kiss. And he hasn't got to kiss her yet. And then they yelled, protoculture, as you, as you saw. <laughs> that should be all the context you need, right? Yep, that is plenty. I Actually, that puts a lot of stuff into perspective. Um, a bit. Well, no, I'm wondering because there's a whole scene at the end of this, and like that apparently happened earlier where they're like camping under the yeah, city. That that okay. is a thing that happened. There's, I think, two scenes in this that are not... Like, one is just they added to the, a background, and then I think there's one that they completely did new for this, yeah. but... That one, it looked like it came really late. Like, I actually kind of assumed that, that the two characters were, like, they'd known each other for years, like, uh, childhood friends type of situation. Yeah. Because it, where it starts and where it ends. When she says something to the effect of, like, we'll always be friends or something to that effect. Yeah, and I think, like I said, if you have the full context, I think it's, like, him realizing that that's all they're going to be. And that, like, she is kind of flighty. And, like, they had this one brief passionate moment. But he wants that to be a relationship. And she just sees it as this thing that happened. So, yeah. We start with the opening. And I absolutely love the opening to Macross. It's, like, this slow, like, pilot looking up sequence that I think every anime should have in their opening. Every mecha anime. <laughs> anyway. I also really like the song, which helps. Yeah, I was going to say, it is the most early 80s-ass anime opening ever, but I think I'm mostly colored by Gundam in that respect. And this is definitely a response in many ways to the original Mobile Suit Gundam. But I just love all the mecha porn of the fighter jet taking off. Like It's is, all the carrier stuff. Yeah. It's like a carrier launch. It's kind of cool. And the way it goes to the theme is also very good. And then we get glory shots of the ship, which, I mean, I don't, the Macross doesn't do a ton for me. 
We see them transform. I like transforming mechs, but I do not really care for the midway half robot, half jet stage these things have. But I do really like the action sequence of it doing rolls and guns and such. Yeah, this is a really well animated scene for the time. And then we just get some random character shots and then some glory shots of jets flying and the Macross shooting its giant laser because it's a mecha anime from the 80s. It's got a giant laser. (laughs) I mean, even the uh, Archangel from the 2000s. Yeah, but that's a throwback. Although, yes, it's still common. The Nadesco has one as well. Giant lasers are cool. We get a very brief last time on that just covers like the very end of what happened last time, which is that Hikaru got shot down. He had he came down with a very bad case of a bunch of missiles hit him in the face. Based on the way he's lying in that river, it's a good thing he didn't drown. I mean, he's in the spacesuit at least, so you gotta assume that. It's got an open face on it. I think it's closed there in that shot. Anyway, he's like in a coma and he's in a bed. I actually really like the cutaway where it's like a shot of him running, but like his the silhouette of his face is still surrounding it. So he's having a dream of going to see Lin Min May's first concert. This is a thing he did. I was wondering so much. They don't tell you that she was elected Miss Macross yeah, or it, whatever. It was basically later. a reality show. They had a reality mm-hmm. show. There's like one star on the ship who was a bitch who everyone thought was going to win. But then she did because she's a main character and not a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a little bit of a bitch, but she's mostly just kind of flighty and materialistic. I was like, why Why did so many people turn out for this concert? Also, this is the only <laughs> entertainment in this space thing. Yep, no, it makes a lot more sense with some context. Also, her hit song, My Boyfriend is a Pilot. I kind of love this song, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. This is like the fourth time we've heard it in the uh, series, but th- it's not the only series in it. And hey, if you're going to do a clip episode, Gundam Seed Destiny taught us. Just throw the whole song in there. Yep. <laughs> There's this very subtle shot starting at her heels and slowly going up her legs to her butt. Very subtle. Well, but it also says making a rapid climb right as it does <laughs> that. And it's it's pretty good symmetry with the lyrics. But then, unlike in when this happened in the actual series, a giant hand comes out of the background and grabs her. And an evil man goes, ha 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 ha, I have grabbed her. <laughs> <laughs> and as a spaceship pulls away, she yells at Hikari to help her. And he's like, I'm a coming. <laughs> I mean, I guess having some more context may does explain why he as civilian was able to get his hands on one of these things. Yeah, and he is the trope of the civilian pilot who jumps into a military jet. His background is he's a stunt pilot. So he is, pr- okay. before this, a pilot. His dad died, and his only remaining friend was Roy Fokker, who's a military lieutenant. And so he was on base at the time, and they're like, hey, we need guys. And he's like, I'm a guy's. And he jumped in. <laughs> But this is an even more impromptu where he's just a civilian, because apparently in his head he still is, stealing one of these giant robot fighter jets. Okay, wait, I do need to point out the speeds on this are military, max, burner, is that overburst, and then reverse at the very top. <laughs> so yeah, you have to well, go all the way past overburst to get to reverse. Well, it's cruising speed, your top speed, your afterburner. Mm-hmm. You're after afterburner. <laughs> You're super burner, and then back up. <laughs> I feel like backup should be down, but um, I also do like the military as a speed. Anyway, <laughs> it's also the slowest speed. Yes, everything knows, knows no one is. Well, that's because they know for a fact that military speed is less than anime speed. Ludicrous speed go. Uh, so he takes off, and the sky explodes, and he's like, "Oh no, <laughs> I I'm not trained for place. this." And a bunch of alien jets immediately start shooting fighters down around him. And he gets called by his commander, who's like, hey, 
You're, you're, you're not doing anything right. What is the matter? And he's like, how would I know anything about that? You're clearly an old lady. And she's like, well, yeah, no, it's just the 80s hair, dude. <laughs> yeah, see, this is where I got <laughs> confused because it's like, wait, how did he get in this thing if he's just a civilian? I mean, also, it's a dream. I mean, there's that too. But I, I figured since it was a clip show, I thought that was all part of that. So. Gotcha. Fair. You but- were expecting episode 15. I gave you episode 17. <laughs> then he got shot down and it was super dramatic. And I love this thing about them just announcing it to the entire town, which again is in the spaceship. So they do have announcements and PA stuff. Usually when they're going into combat, they're like, hey, everybody take shelter and such. But he's like, uh, today, this dumb asshole hijacked a fighter and a dude whose inexperience was shot down immediately well i mean it does fit with the kind of thing that you would have as a uh, dream yeah everybody's so. laughing at you so he goes to his apartment to sulk but then he thinks about that hot pop idol being abducted by aliens he's like Ugh, i gotta save her i guess the only way is to ask senpai for advice and senpai's like you want a cigarette <laughs> <laughs> so you want to be a uh, pot so you can go get her all right and he's like, well, probably a better than being a civilian who steals planes and gets shot down. You're, you're so um, cavalier about this. <laughs> I mean, he's incredible. He's Mulaflaga. But he is a little bit more serious about it in the non-dream sequence. Yes. Anyway, they run into all of the girls on the bridge. Are, including the one that he called an old lady. Yep. And Senpai's like, hey, salute her. She's going to be your commander. And she's like... Hikari Chijo. Hey, I reckon. Oh, yeah, you're that dumbass. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, well, you're an old lady. And she's like, I'm an old lady. You're going to be making out with a lot. So I would. <laughs> anyway, all the bridge bunnies also gossip and make fun of him because that's their job. Anyway, Mula Flog is like, you just had to pass the aptitude test. An old lady is like, aptitude test. The only aptitude you have is for crashing. <laughs> oh, make sure you don't crash and burn on all your tests. And then the last one just comes off and calls him an idiot, which actually actually I've seen from a series earlier, but it's because he is oblivious to women's feelings in the original context. So he does some military training. He does some anime flips, runs some anime hurdles, <laughs> shoots some anime targets, takes off an anime plane. And it turns out he passed with no challenge, at least in his dream. <laughs> I like how he, like, comes out of the bathroom and... <laughs> Mula Flaga's like... just waiting for him. <laughs> Be sure you do your best in Risky Lacus. I mean, Minmay. So, cut to him suddenly running. And then I love that they just use the opening sequence. Yep. And, uh, full music and everything. It's jarring and it's great. Because, again, this looks cool as hell. So, and I don't mind hearing this song again. What is the macro sky? It's very important. It sounded good. Don't worry about it. Probably because if you say macro sky with a Japanese accent, it sounds like Macross. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. But as soon as he gets to the takeoff scene, while the song continues playing, he's just in space being shot out by robots who shoot a Macross worth of missiles at him. And he (laughs) gets to crash again into a spaceship. He crashes in space, which is impressive. But he does manage to transform into a robot to kind of land it at least. Cut to him just being in a coma still. And then cut to him in a different vehicle being like, ah, oh, I've launched it in heavily armored Valkyrie. I will not crash this time. Uh, I'm not sure if that means it's going to uh, make it easier or more difficult to crash in something that's heavily armored. I love the clip that they uh, cut to of him on the bridge. He looks so startled. <laughs> anyway, his CEO asks him why he keeps chasing after this girl. Uh, and he's like, I love her. I have no choice. And she's like, well, see if I care if you get shot down again, then Baka, ignoring my feelings. Even in your dream. 
He's like, that's cool. I have the cool, more expensive toy. It's got missiles. I won't lose in this. Well, How would they sell it if I lost? Don't they all have missiles on them? Yes, but this one has more missiles, as you can see. It's got chest missiles <laughs> and leg missiles. That's what armor means in mecha series, is that you put a bunch of missile packs on it. It's got a heavy arm's worth of missiles. Look, TV Tropes called it the Macross Missile Massacre for a reason. <laughs> and then he gets shot down. Well, with all of his missiles expended, he no longer has armor. And the bridge bunnies just find this hilarious. Yeah, I love how they're all smiling. That They're like, he got shot down again. They're like, oh man, he's just mad for that girl. I bet he's going to go out on all fours. Ah, ha, ha. I do want to point out this excellent frame of animation. <laughs> oh, <laughs> lazy we're, eye. We're, yeah, where one of the girls is having a stroke randomly. <laughs> I've shown you the sword fight from like two episodes from now, right? <laughs> yes. The best animation ever committed to paper. So cut to him on a bike. This is legit my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> the fact that he's on his... He's like, I, if I get shot down every time in a Valkyrie, I will have a chance on this bike. And it's not, it's not a motorcycle. It's a pedal bike. So Yeah, so we cut to E.T. with him going to the moon. <laughs> then immediately cut to... This is the bridge. Early this morning, First Lieutenant Ichigo Hikaru tried unsuccessfully to pedal his bicycle into outer space. Also known <laughs> as the Crash King. Right. Uh, such behavior is extremely dangerous. Do not try it at home. <laughs> Although I guess with them being like having this, uh, what's it called? This city on the aircraft carrier. I, I guess it makes some sense that you could actually ride a bike into space. Yes, you could. You could ride a bike is tricky. You could get a bike into space. Well, if you're wearing a spacesuit, yeah, that's true. Uh, it's just that once you're in space, no one can hear you bike. <laughs> So anyway, his two wingmen who have not been in this dream so far and his commanding officer are like, hey, we're going to help you rescue Minmei. And he's like, why would you do that? And they're like, it's a dream. Don't worry about it. <laughs> is the uh, the guy with the glasses supposed to be the ace? Yes, he is. At this point, he's not an ace yet. He's just very good, and he, which uh, I think further ruins the main character's confidence because he's like, I got promoted, but that guy's the one who's actually like good at this. Which I think actually happens in his flashback sequence. Yeah. That guy actually basically takes care of everyone. So cut to some footage of him and the commander in a two-seater with the wingman escorting them. And he's like, man, I can't believe you agreed to help me. And she's like, please just do as you're told when we get back. But they start getting engaged by bogeys. And Max, who is the super talented one, just effortlessly takes them out. It is... Again, it's a clip show, so this is basically the same scene as was in the original, the first time he's out, where he just sweeps, and the maker's like, man, he's so much better than me. Anyway, Commander's like, let's sneak on board the enemy ship. How are we going to find her? And they decide to disguise themselves as one of the giants. So cut to the mech in mech form in a trench coat on the <laughs> ship. <laughs> this Again, is so stupid, it's but it's so, so good. funny. <laughs> yes. Again, this is something that actually happens in the series, though in that, the main character and the his superior officer are captured, and it's his wingman breaking them out. Uh, so, <laughs> Just in a trench coat. Yep. It's with them in the pocket. Like, let's a go. I kind of love this, too. So they walk past one of the giants, who's just like, huh, that doesn't seem suspicious at all. Um, and then, like, five seconds later, it's like, wait a second. We don't have any green coats. <laughs> so they're like, oh, shit, it's the fuzz. They're on to us. They start running. Their, ja their trench coat gets all shut up. 
And he's like, if I transform into half jet mode, I can go faster with a trench coat. <laughs> I do love how when he transforms, the trench coat is just like hanging off in the yep. back of the fighter. Bellowing. They fly into an elevator. Max raises up the arm, but for some reason, one of them has to run across to pull the lever. I don't it's know. It's very dramatic. A, I don't know if there's a reason in the original footage or not. I wonder if the arm got damaged given the way that the hand is like floppy. And apparently it's not moving anymore. Yeah. Like, we'll have to make a break for it. You're going to have to Tom and Jerry this shit. So the giant <laughs> leaps at them, but they all just kind of like jump past his arms. And then the <laughs> mech that was useless explodes in the elevator and takes him out. It's a huge fireball. It's probably fine for that to happen on a ship. And then we get the eye catch. That eye catch thing is way too dramatic for this recap episode. On the other hand, maybe not. They just did explode a giant robot wearing a bullet shot trench coat. So, who am I to judge? Anyway, hey, thanks for joining us on Clip Show Hell, where we try to find some clip shows that actually maybe do a better job than the clip shows in Destiny at being not just terrible. We'll see about that. If you're just joining us, hey, this is normally a podcast about Gundam. Now we're talking about some other anime, and specifically clip shows of those other anime. We're going to be doing a total of three of those, and then we're doing our wrap-up episode on Gundam Seed Destiny, which is basically our final thoughts, answering whatever questions y'all have about that, etc. Um, if you have questions for us, you can either shoot us an email at Gundam at Last Time on Video Games, or drop by our Discord and post a question in the End of Destiny questions channel. It's labeled something like End of Destiny Questions. And then afterwards, we're starting Gundam Double O, and man, I'm excited for some of the stupid jokes we have lined up for that. Also, hey, obligatory plug for our Patreon.com slash Last Podcasts. If you like the show, throwing us some money is very much appreciated. Um, yeah, it just is. And I think that's honestly all the plug I have. So, hey, thanks for listening, and let's get back to this, like, bonkers fever dream of an episode. So they overhear Minmay singing and are like, hey, let's go this way. It's just the captain and the main character now. Yep. And they see a space with a city on it with Minmay in a giant's hand singing. And our officer is like, better rescue her. And the main character's like, let me do this alone. And she's like, yeah, I don't want to watch you make out. So <laughs> and here, go ahead and manifest this uh, fighter. Yeah, this is the one sequence that was drawn for this episode. He looks so happy. <laughs> it's like, Midmay, I finally came to rescue you. And she's like, giant Frankenstein won't let me date soldiers. <laughs> it's like, yeah, my creepy cousin won't let me date a uh, uh, pilot because he's into me. For some reason in Robotech, they didn't even change that he's my cousin. Can you believe that? Even Sailor <laughs> Moon at least made the lesbians cousins. <laughs> That's why they didn't change it. It's because they know that cousins are <laughs> Cousins okay. are fine. It's lesbians that are wrong. <laughs> Unless they are cousins. So the giant turns into her cousin, Kaifun, who's like, you suck. And he's like, well, then I'll stop being a soldier. So that way we can use the footage from before I was a soldier. And he rips off his uh, pilot uniform. To reveal so. a jumpsuit under his jumpsuit. <laughs> and the dude is like, I'm melting. <laughs> My hatred of soldiers is the only thing keeping me alive. And more proof that Destiny was influenced by this. For the clip episode, they start playing a new song, <laughs> Zero G Love, which I also love. It's so, like, upbeat and poppy. Why didn't he just put her in the cockpit? <laughs> Not enough time for missiles. An excellent question, given that he's got a back seat. Uh, she'll get there eventually. 
after he dodges these missiles and drops her. And by drops her, I mean his arm breaks and she's in <laughs> still in it. I mean, that is a form of dropping her. <laughs> I feel like if my arm is cut off, I would not call it dropping my water. No, you've dropped your arm, but by, <laughs> by extension, you've also dropped your water because it was in your arm. So, of course, he does the physics-defying thing of lowering the plane and having her land in it. It's fine. It's a dream sequence. It's fine. This happened in real show, too. But yes, you're right. It is a dream sequence, so it's fine here. And then they're suddenly in space on fire. And he's like, don't worry, this ship will transform into the one we crashed into the ship with. So the footage matches. So I like it's how that like one... weird escape pod thing. Yeah. Also, that one lever appears to control all the transformations, and you just always pull it down to transform to whatever you want to. So they land snugly in some cables under the belly of the ship. Cut to remind any new viewers he is in a coma. This is not actually happening. I do like how they open it up. She gets, like, lowered out of the cockpit, and he just falls out of it. So this is sort of an interesting reversal from the original series, because this is, like, episode two before he joins the military and everything, and he's getting to revisit it in new context, except for that there are some slight changes so that this is also a later scene that he did with his superior officer, which I really like. What, they got caught on on the enemy ship or something? they, They were captured, and they tried to escape. And that's when they saw that actually the army, the small force they're facing is just a small scouting force that they have a huge fleet. And we see that scene here for some reason. And it changes from Minmay to his commanding officer and in not at all subtle way, which he doesn't seem to notice. Well, I mean, dream sequence. Yeah, so. I like it a lot. Because then it just changes back to Minmay right after that. And he even says, like, I think she's like, what's going on? Your space now is like, I don't know. I think I was having a bad dream. Cut to coma. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Here's some water you can shower in. I mean, get naked in. I mean, I won't peek. <laughs> I like how it immediately goes from him breaking the pipe to her being naked. And I was going to make fun of this scene, but hey, it is a teenager's delusional coma dream. Yeah, I think there was some context between it in the original. I don't remember, though. Uh, she calls him a pervert because it's anime. He reflects that it's been a long time since they were alone together like this. It's been about a year since this exact sequence happened. And he starts putting it all the message of the episode out explicitly about how they live in different worlds and he's so busy being a soldier and she's so busy being a pipe a pop idol a pipe idol (laughs) well she was also a pipe idol earlier so she starts resting on him which you know the original made him super hot on her but here he's like hey is this a good idea what if somebody saw you but then she screams because a rat and then they get paparazzied in the basement because it's a dream and he's like oh man you'd be in such trouble if the paparazzi got pictures of you sleeping with a dude. <laughs> and she's like, eh, but I need a nap. And he's like, oh, man, pop idols are hot. <laughs> cut to five weeks later. No, cut to later, but before they got rescued when they're in a tent. And this is all pretty much exactly the sequence as it originally happened. Only it's kind of symbolically about him falling out of love with her, even though he hasn't realized that yet. Does she go into that whole Cinderella thing in the original sequence, or is that something here? That's original. She always wanted to be a singer, and she wrote that song. And so, like, that's her audition song, basically. Before she was a pop idol, she was a Cinderella singer. That's a thing, right? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Dream main character is able to realize that they're getting further apart, and she's like, we'll always be in the friend zone. And he's (laughs) like, well, shit. What would you be if you couldn't be a singer? And she's like, well... In this original scene, I said I wanted to be a bride before I died and totally teased you about it. So, a bride. I like how she leans back with a big smile on her face and says, we're just going to die anyway, though. 
Well, I mean, you can either be really depressed about it or just accept it. Yeah. Or set up a fake wedding, ensuring that you'll be rescued immediately. And she opts for that option. And then her face changes. (laughs) She got a severe makeover for her wedding day. (laughs) Look, that's what you do. So she puts on his scarf like a wedding veil. And he has the great vow of, is she some dumbass anime character like me is okay? (laughs) She's like, you are the only dude here. So yes. (laughs) Uh, She says, when we wake up, we should get married for real. And he's like, are you sure? Because you're pretty flighty and you always say stuff like that. But then suddenly change your mind later. I don't know. Maybe I don't like you. I mean, the the way he... That's why I lost context. Is he says you've always been like that. So it's like, they must have known each other for a long time. It's more that this exact thing has literally happened. Or she said all of that stuff and then just kind of actually had that happen. Yeah, and then they got rescued and she was like, yeah, that was when we were all going to die. Now we're fine. Anyway, he points out they live in different worlds and she's like, that's fine. Let's kiss. And so... She leans in, her eyes are all teary and pretty. He leans in, but then there's an earthquake, and there's a monster, (laughs) and then cut the footage of the one person he has kissed in the series. Weird that the one girl turned into the other when he tried to kiss her, right? What could that mean? Anyway, giant, we used to get a a snap zoom on this giant who just says, protoculture! (laughs) And he's like, Minmei, why did you turn into Captain Hayase? What could this possibly mean? And then he wakes up. And he's like, what the fuck did I have before this? I, they must have given me the me? good stuff. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> I was like, man, that was a bad dream. I thought I was going to get a make out with the girl I have a crush on, but I just got to make out with the girl I definitely don't have a crush on, Baka. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it. Like I said, I really like just the inventiveness of this. And the fact it was all a dream is a lame twist, but I think dreams can be super, super fun when you set them up beforehand it was also not just like they yeah i was gonna say they did explicitly point out it is a dream at the beginning of it yeah, so it it's wasn't not like, like a rug pull at the end yeah. of this episode where it was like look at what all this happened and oh it's just a dream yeah, although if you watch this episode in context there's no way that you could think this was all ha- happening no but i mean at the same time like especially since you said they had a clip episode like two episodes before this yeah like this Destiny. Is, th- this is a good way of trying to get around that and having having at least something happen yeah, look, look, to progress your storyline instead of just dumping another clip episode on everybody. Yeah, I really like this episode. The next episode is Pineapple Salad, and everyone who's watched Macross knows what that means. But <laughs> do you have a high point, Tyler? Yes, but I'm not entirely... Um, I, I think it's when the giant guy that's holding Minmay captive turns into her cousin, and then melts at the sight of an orange jumpsuit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Zach, do you have a high point? Uh, I, I guess it would just have to be the the end point where when he's like, wait, why did my crush turn into my commanding officer? This doesn't make any sense. This can't be context clues. Mine is when he tries to pedal a bike into space because he keeps <laughs> getting shut down. I, I think about that scene all the time. <laughs> Um, that's just like the weirdest dream side like I can see it happening in a dream but I feel like even in a dream I think like this isn't gonna work this doesn't make any sense so, side bonus point for the recurring joke of them announcing him crashing <laughs> over the intercom repeatedly um, was pretty damn funny do you have a low point Tyler I'm not sure I do I'm, I'm trying to think of one maybe come back to me and see if I come up with an actual low point Zach, do you want to bitch about Harmony Gold for a minute? <laughs> it's it, 
I want to, but I don't want to drag that into the podcast right now. Um, and I already kind of went over it. It's it's a complicated situation all the way around. I don't like the mecha designs. Like, I really don't like the, the main characters, but I really hate the, like, weird orb on leg, the sphere on legs thing. They look really bad, in my personal opinion. Let's see, what's my low point? Because I really do like this episode, and I have the full context for it. I think it drags a little at the end. I think uh, you get the point. Like, you get to a, they kiss and she transforms earlier, maybe. Tyler. I think it's actually going to be that they reuse the opening uh, soundtrack. I love that, honestly. Uh, mostly that it happens too soon after we literally... Okay. like it does it happen like, before the eye catch. Yeah. It's before halfway. But, like, thematically, I don't know where else you would put that, but mostly I just heard that song and I didn't really need to hear it again immediately. Fair enough. So, yeah, what did you guys think? Final thoughts? This was bonkers. I'm kind of interested in the show now. Which I'm is... a lot more forgiving of this now that I have some actual context. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I said, I thought there was more. I didn't think it was literally he got shot that da- shot down. Dream, <laughs> but I don't know. This is a delightful episode. It's way better than the other clip episode. That one has context, and maybe you would have liked it more. But it also has Captain Global, and no one likes that guy. He's no bright. Oh uh, no, he's no bright. That's at for that's for absolute certain. Better or worse than all of the clip episodes in Gundam Seed Destiny? Better than any of them. Not even a problem. I'm thinking, I think I might have to say it's a bit better because they're trying to do something a little bit more clever than just here's what's going on. Because honestly, just going with the here's what's going on, especially multiple times, is kind of lazy. And I feel like there were times where Destiny tried to do more. They tried to have one that was like, let's explain Shin's motivations over this. And let's explain this from Muir Campbell's point of view. But I think this does a much better job than either of those. Well, the problem with both of those is they're still just, here's what's going on. Yeah. Whereas this one is trying to use the clip episode to kind of show you what's going on with the character's head. I will say this has raised the bar for clip episode I need to choose. Oh, yeah. Have you decided on one yet? I have not. All right. So we will be back next week with another clip episode. Until then, help us, we're trapped in hell! <laughs>